0: Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods. Black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed, which I believe to be one of the most promising in its wide range of potential therapeutic applications. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. Future Farm offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Black for Health is all natural science-based and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're going to be talking about uh, one of the more promising nutrients on the horizon. You know, I always like to call them, uh, you know, it's like a good stock picker, you know. <laughs> the art of uh, being a good, whatever, you know, uh, portfolio manager or hedge fund manager is to be able to uh, forecast uh, which um, – uh, stocks might be the rising stars of the future uh, before they get overvalued, before they get uh, mm-hmm. commonly recognized, and I think SPM uh, fits that category. It's actually not brand new; it's been around for you know a few years. Uh, I think uh, Metagenics introduced the product about two, three years ago, and it's gaining um, momentum.
1: Yeah, it was actually twenty fifteen. Okay, uh, if I remember correctly, the first generation was twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right. And then 2018 uh, was when the more concentrated version was released. So yeah, it's been 2015 five years.
0: What's it made from? You
1: know. Um. So it comes from a high quality marine oil, meaning fish oil. Mm-hmm. Um. The same place your body makes it from uh, is when you ingest fish oil, it becomes a part of your cell membranes, particularly your white blood cells, and the white blood cells, um, you know, release. Those fatty acids, and then begin the conversion. Well, that conversion is called a fractionation process uh-huh. that's done in, uh, you know, a, in a manufacturing facility. And then they're tested for their levels and bioactivity, and standardized and retested. So every raw like material, gets
0: sardines tested. and anchovies and things like that. Yeah,
1: sardines, anchovies, mackerel. Um, you know, any of those cold water. Um, uh, fish that have the higher fat content, they're uh-huh. known to have higher omega-3s, yep.
0: So what they do is they kind of uh, distill it out of uh, mm-hmm. fish oil. Yes. Right. And they, That's the
1: fractionation process. It's uh-huh. a
0: process that manages to pull it out and concentrate it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, hence, it, it, I guess it's a little more expensive than fish oil, you know, uh, gram for gram,
1: yeah, because, it is because of that yeah. process, right. Well, right. even fish oil, I mean, you can take fish and, you know, squish them up and and produce fish oil, but it's not highly concentrated mm-hmm. in the things that you want, right. the EPA and DHA. So many of the, you know, things you find at Costco or not picking on Costco, but some of the retail uh, varieties of fish oil are very inexpensive, yeah. but very little has That's been suspect. done to it. That's suspect, yeah. yeah. Very little has been done to purify it. Very little has been done to concentrate it. So you, you'll you need to take a fistful to get a therapeutic dose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the expense that comes from the ability to properly fractionate it right. and concentrate it and make sure you're actually getting what you're supposed to be getting.
0: I don't want to malign fish oil because it's a very <clears throat> wonderful, high Not quality fish oils. But more and more, the technology is going to... Uh, molecularly distilled, uh, mm-hmm. products that are rich in EPA and DHA. They're trying to amp up the EPA DHA Correct. and all the other stuff they're trying to kind of squeeze out. Is it possible mm-hmm. that they're, uh, thereby shortchanging those products on the resolvins?
1: Um, no, cause, because most of the ones do come from EPA and DHA. Okay. Um, those are the main ones that we know about. So, there's one called 17-HDHA. So, from the HDHA, you can tell it comes from DHA. Mm-hmm. And then 18-H-E-P-E comes from EPA. So, those are the two that are found in the SPM active mm-hmm. formula. And those are two of the main ones that are produced from EPA and DHA. But you, you know, you do get other marine oils that are found in in fish oil. There's another omega three called DPA.
0: Right. That some people think is a good studied. thing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's been it, studied. It's there was in an article that said
0: beans. it was helpful for supporting the microbiome that I saw recently. Mm-hmm. The DPA. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's at the infancy of, of the research uh, process compared to EPA and DHA. Mm-hmm.
0: But, but sure,
1: there's benefit from that.
0: Mm-hmm. But if you want to get the these. Um, uh, things like 218 HEP and 17 mm-hmm. HDHA from DHA. Mm-hmm. That's what Metagenics uses in SPM active. Okay. So in yep. your practice, uh, and from what you see in the research, you know, who are candidates for SPMs? I mean, I'm, don't have anything particularly wrong with me, but I'm taking SPMs mm-hmm. preventively because I want the anti-aging effects and anti-inflammatory effects. I think that's generally good. But what about, targeted application to specific problems. You sent me a paper on, sure. uh, endometriosis. That's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I do actually have a patient that because of this research showing that endometrial tissues from from patients that have endometriosis have less SPMs than healthy patients again. um, That led me to go, huh, okay, I'm going to add that to a protocol that I use for endometriosis patients. Mm -hmm. And so, I've seen it really help as an adjunct. You know, I'm going to give things because endometriosis is an inflammatory Uh, response in the reproductive tissue, I'm going to give things that are handling that initiation phase. So, fish oils are going to go in there. Vitamin D3, um, you know, I use various either medical foods or, um, you know, nutrition powders that have bioavailable curcumin in it. Mm -hmm. These are all great at naturally fighting inflammation, but it's initiation phase right mm-hmm. and the SPMs really complement that and so I've seen some patients have really great resolution of their endometrial pain um, from making this whole protocol and obviously diet and lifestyle
0: change right an anti inflammatory diet and, and yep. so on and so on and so on exactly right. yeah uh, optimizing the the uh, microbiome mm-hmm. and so on uh,
1: exactly other patients that I've seen yeah. uh, results with uh, autoimmune, any autoimmune patients uh, that I've given SPMs to, it is really complemented and helped them. You know, they would get so far with some of those initiation phase supports like the curcumin and medical foods and capsules and the fish oil. But then adding SPMs for uh, lupus and rheumatoid arthritis yes. patients yes. has really taken them to the next level. They, they have less of those. Um, you know, sort of acute episodes. Um, and I actually had a, a patient with Lyme disease oh. and inflammation due to Lyme disease that SPMs were the only thing that helped manage the inflammation. Now, I had to give it, you know, when they had an, a flare-up, we give it at higher doses. So, we give it at three twice a day or two twice a day. And that seems to really, really help them come back to baseline. Mm-hmm. And post-surgery is another… Um, oh, interesting. Another application, yeah. The studies show that post-surgically, the levels of SPMs actually dramatically decrease. And um, that can mean that you have increased inflammatory things going on like Mm interleukin-6. And that's associated with really poor post-op recovery.
0: Mm.
1: So, um, that's part of my post-surgical protocol to help people, um, you know, to heal faster and have less complications. And I've seen that work very, very well.
0: Are there any contraindications? Is it something that's considered a blood thinner that you might want to stay away from at the time of surgery? Or if you're taking a blood thinner, Mm -hmm. as many heart patients are?
1: So true. Um, No, that's a really good question. Um, You know, we think of it as being from fish oil, so it must have those same, you know, considerations. And actually, it doesn't. It does not work on the blood thinning, per se, pathway Mm-hmm. So there's no contraindication with people that are on medications, it's not a platelet inhibitor to do like that.
0: aspirin or something like that. No,
1: this. not at all, not at all. Um, and in fact, like I explained with NSAIDs, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, it actually helps overcome some of those potential side effects. So, no contraindications with medication or particular condition. Now, obviously, if you have a fish allergy, it mm-hmm. does come from fish oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you would probably not want to go down that road mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and that would be and
0: anaphylaxis to try. fish not merely an, exactly. aversion, an aversion to fish you know
1: exactly uh, yeah if you've had some you know responses where you've had to use an epi pen that would be a case where i would say i probably not go there
0: mm-hmm. what about inflammatory bowel disease ulcerative colitis and crohn's disease
1: yeah, that's a that's another category. Um, again, some of the early research showed that IBD patients, inflammatory bowel disease patients, have less SPM in their blood than healthy patients, and in the rodent models, uh, mouse models, when they gave SPMs to um, mice that had, you know, they would basically trigger inflammatory bowel disease, um, they were able to preserve more tissue weight. So, they didn't lose as much tissue. And with ulcerative colitis and with Crohn's in particular, that's part of the the, the issue is um, that they actually, you know, really lose a lot of their um, tissue mass. Of their GI tract Mm -hmm. due to that inflammatory chronic inflammatory um, disease process it's unresolved right so I have not as of yet worked with someone with Crohn's or colitis but I've heard Mm -hmm. good anecdotal I've used
0: it I've used it in some of our patients with uh, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and you know with all the things we're doing for them they Mm -hmm. get better so it's hard Mm -hmm. for me to pinpoint the efficacy of one uh, particular intervention, but it, it's one of my mainstays for my patients with inflammatory gut conditions. Uh, ne- neurodegenerative disorders, would it be recommended for somebody, say, with mm, Parkinson's or with, uh, uh, cognitive, uh, decline or even Alzheimer's?
1: Yeah, that's another area of, of study um, where they're looking at uh, patients that have all of those conditions, even traumatic brain injury, um, mm-hmm. that, that if they yeah. have a lower level of SPMs, they're going to be more complex in their healing process. Um, and even fibromyalgia, that was one of the yes. other human clinical interventions that was mm-hmm. done. It's considered, you know, a neurologic. Disease with yep. some inflammatory components, and um, those patients did really, really well in that clinical trial. They had better quality of life in 12 weeks, reduced pain scores, and better daily function. And if you know you've seen people with fibromyalgia, and I have too, if any anyone listening knows anyone with fibromyalgia, that is one of the most difficult um, conditions to treat.
0: Indeed. Yeah. What about uh, patients with uh, diabetes? Are they inherently inflamed and could this help them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just the very fact of having obesity and metabolic syndrome, um, we know that in type those two patients, in yep. type two patients, yep. in type 2, yeah, type 1 being autoimmune, that bodes well for them too because it is autoimmune. So yeah, uh, diabetic patients could benefit too and I believe there have been some studies with diabetic patients.
0: Any other uh, specific conditions come to mind where it might uh, be amenable to this?
1: Uh, yeah, it's really um, two categories we didn't really talk about, actually about three. <laughs> One is a more recent study on uh, mastitis, which is a very itis painful itis mm-hmm. of the breast yeah. and breast milk i just, I just saw a woman
0: it. who'd had that uh, during her pregnancy it's a frustrating yeah. condition because it kind of interferes with what you want to do to get the baby started out right the breastfeed
1: exactly exactly so um they were they knew that Breast milk contained SPMs. And then when they looked at patients that had mastitis, lo and behold, they had lower levels of SPMs. Mm-hmm. And so, they were able to, you know, um, ameliorate that by giving giving SPMs safely. Um, another really interesting aspect, too, is obviously, like you said, heavy exercisers, um, you know, dealing with post-workout um, Soreness. That was another area of human clinical study that was extremely um, successful. Mm-hmm. Is that they saw less physical discomfort, they had better mood and mood and improved energy. And we all we've all had a heavy workout where afterwards you're like, yeah. just shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> So anything that can improve performance um, and, you know, lessen the mm-hmm. the chronic inflammatory cycle is that, always beneficial.
0: That, that's very important for me personally because, you know, mm-hmm. I like to work out hard, you know, to my full capacity. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I surpass the threshold where, you know, the next day it's like, mm, yeah, I don't want to do two consecutive <laughs> workouts. And so I really want to uh, optimize my recovery time. So that would be important for athletes, even younger athletes who you know, want to really train hard. Uh, what about uh, pulmonary disease? You know, there's lots of asthma. There's lots of COPD. Mm-hmm. Those are of an inflammatory component, certainly.
1: Yes, yeah. So um, all of the inflammatory lung conditions um, with asthma in particular, patients, yet again, with asthma, when they look at their white blood cells, they have less SPMs, and their ratio mm-hmm. of SPMs to, um, to the severity of disease is inversely correlated, right? So, the lower the SPMs, Mm. the more severe the disease process and vice versa. So, that was an area of study as well as cystic fibrosis. Oh, yeah. It's another Mm -hmm. interesting area of um, study. And heart disease, too. Um, that's another right. particular interest of mine is that, um, you know, when they looked at unstable plaques in people yes. that have occluded carotid arteries, those are the ones in your neck, they found that there was less SPMs, and when there were less SPMs, there were higher inflammatory markers. Once again, um, they could actually even measure in the saliva. If you have less SPMs in your saliva, that could correlate to a thicker um, carotid, what's called carotid intima mm-hmm. media. Um, in those, you know, in that vascular tissue. So, that's where Dr. Michael Conti from UC UCSF Heart and Vascular Center, that's where his he's focusing on um, study of those types of patients and how SPMs can increase um, the pro-resolving mediators in your good cholesterol in the HDL particle. And he actually published that in Circulation.
0: That's interesting. You know, we now have the ability, and you know, most conventional doctors don't bother to do this, but we do this often in integrative medicine. We measure, mm-hmm. uh, omega-3 to 6 ratios or mm-hmm. omega-3s, and we can actually kind of get a handle on their, uh, essential fatty acid status. Uh, but I guess the tests that you're referring to, they're done experimentally and they're not mm-hmm. available commercially. It, uh, Correct. Is there maybe something on the launch pad where eventually, Uh, Physicians will be able to check patients for levels of SPMs as part of a health assessment?
1: Um, You know, I haven't seen anything to that regard, but that would be nice. (laughs) I think indirectly, you know, measuring inflammatory, classic inflammatory markers as we know it, would be, is the way to go. Right. Because they're always. It's it's what's called a
0: surrogate marker. In other words, if you've got a high C reactive protein, you know that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's uh, certainly. Influenced mm-hmm. by your levels of uh, resolvins, uh, yeah, and protectins.
1: That's uh, that's the SED rate is another way, or yep. ESR sedimentation rate. Very cheap um, another test, yeah, exactly. Another really easy one that will show you resolution to um, to initiation is looking at the neutrophil to lymphocyte ratio. Okay, right. So when you have a uh, what's called a complete blood cell count panel. That mm-hmm. shows your, all of your white cells and your red cells and the relationships. And um, one of the studies that has been done, not on SPMs, but on a medical food that is for initiation phase, that's one of the things they tracked in patients with inflammatory bowel disease. Yep. And now it's known that the relationship of those two types of white blood cells shows you disease progression. Either it's getting better or mm-hmm. it's getting worse, right? So more neutrophils and less lymphocyte. Not so good, but more, the more that they become balanced and in a, you know, proper ratio, mm-hmm. that's a hint. So I think on the horizon, as you know, things kind of move slowly, <laughs> especially on the interiors of the country, like where I live, um, we'll be able to measure, uh, you know, more, more specifically SPM levels.
0: Right. I think we're, uh, referring to New York state where we both reside, where, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hard to get some of these more innovative tests, um, Okay, so you know, we're talking about a supplement. It's available from Metagenix. Uh, where can people get information about uh, this?
1: Sure. So you can go to uh, metagenixinstitute.com. So Metagenics has their uh, commercial site, metagenics.com. You can always search for SPM Active as the product. And then on the uh, on the research side, if you go to metagenicsinstitute.com and you type in SPMs, you'll pull up various blogs and videos related to this topic and everything that we've just discussed. And obviously, if you follow, um, Metagenics Institute has a Facebook page, so you can follow their page and, you know, search that page for, um, for information on SPMs as well.
0: So... Uh, you get it from supplements, but is it possible that you can also, uh, you know, more economically boost your intake of uh, SPMs via diet? Like, you know, by eating more mackerel, by eating more uh, oily fish like uh, sardines and herring and things like that.
1: Well, that would certainly help. You um, know uh, there's a lot of other factors that will go into that, such as age and your inflammatory status um, and your micronutrient status. So um, it's a lot easier just to use SPMs. Yep. Yep. But certainly, you know, eating an, a Mediterranean low inflammatory load, um, you know, food plan would help exercise, stress management. And some of those other sort of initiation phase natural anti-inflammatories like curcumin from turmeric and ginger and boswellia and your EPA and DHA will help.
0: I think we pretty much uh, covered what we wanted to cover because, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, the theory behind it. We talked about mm-hmm. some of the conditions uh, for which SPMs may be beneficial. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. dosing. Which is important. We talked about any contraindications. Oh, what I want also to also talk about is, what about for kids? You know, kids have sometimes uh, inflammatory conditions. Kids with asthma, kids with chronic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ear infections. Uh, there are kids with ulcerative sort of colitis and Crohn's disease, unfortunately. There are kids with juvenile diabetes. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, juvenile arthritis. Mm-hmm. Also juvenile diabetes. Mm-hmm. But... Um, is there an age limit on consumption of SPMs? I mean, you say that SPMs are available in breast milk, so that would suggest that they're Correct. a wholesome, natural uh, adjunct to the diet of uh, even infants.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's no um, reason to think that it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, you know, there aren't any studies yet on children. That's a trickier area mm-hmm. of, of research, but yeah. it, it stands to reason, and you obviously wouldn't need as much because your body weight is much mm-hmm. lower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sure. Kids with those chronic conditions, you could try, certainly try one or two of the soft gels. Right. Um, to easy see if to incorporate that, because no. they're,
0: they're really mm-hmm. very small.
1: They in are. Fact,
0: in fact, for me, I got to tell you, you know, one of the disadvantages to SVMs, they're so small that it makes <laughs> me skeptical that they could do anything with so little. <laughs> but I guess they're right. highly concentrated and distilled. You know, maybe you should take, put them in a bigger. Uh, Gel cap to so make people think like, wow, I'm getting a lot of stuff here.
1: Put a bunch of filler in there. Hmm. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I have some patients that struggle with um, even the smallest fish oil. So yes. yeah. um, patients really appreciate that the the capsules, the soft gel size, for sure. It's like mm-hmm. vitamin E. You know, it's just a smaller molecule. Yep. Some molecules are biochemically; they're just bigger and they take up more space. And some are smaller and take up less space. Um, being a biochemist. From that background, I can picture picture it in my head and understand, you know, that kind of thing. But you're right; it does look like it's it's small but mighty.
0: Right. Let's put is it this, that way. Is this really going to do something for me? Okay. So you know, yeah. uh, I'll you know let me just say that it it's part of the regimen that I use for myself and for my patients. Uh, I me think, as well. I think we really need to boost awareness of uh, SPMs as uh, at least at the very least an adjunct to the, um, you know, very comprehensive nutritional programs that we put patients on. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, I was, I'm real glad I ran into you there at that conference and found out that this is is right in your wheelhouse. This is
1: is. something that you're
0: fired up about.
1: I am so fired up about it. And so if you're a clinician and you want to learn a little bit more about it, um, at the Integrative Healthcare Symposium This month, coming up in a couple weeks, actually, Dr. Michael Conti in New York City, yep, is uh, Dr. Michael Conti is speaking um, as part of the pre-conference presentation on cardiometabolic health coronary artery disease. But he's going to be speaking about his experience with SPMs.
0: Oh, very cool. And uh, those dates, it's sometime in February. I can look it up. I have it on my Wednesday,
1: I've got it right in front of me. Wednesday, February 19th at the Hilton, uh, New York Hilton Mid. Town,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: you can register either at the IHS uh, conference page, which is ihssymposium.com slash register, or you can go to Metagenics Institute um, and look under education and seminars, and you'll find the pre-conference um,
0: alone. Yeah, it's a so great it's conference. A, it's sort of the winter mm-hmm. conference uh, du jour, for sure. That's you know. correct. Yeah
1: many many years so it's going to be the main speaker will be Dr. Mark Houston of course you know highly known for um, integrative cardiovascular care but it will also include um, Dr. Michael Conti, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, uh, Mimi Guarini, um, a lot of the kind of who's who in functional medicine.
0: Awesomely good I'll be there. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Georgia. Oh, by the way, Georgia, can you give so us some fun. information about yourself? Uh, you know, you practice, and where do you practice? Yes.
1: Um, so I have a practice in um, the central New York area. It's near Syracuse. Mm-hmm. It's called New Leaf Functional Nutrition. And I do have a website. It's georgiaaustin.com because somebody had New Leaf already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, pro- I have a private practice here uh, part-time. So um, you can also follow me on my Facebook page, it's do, newly functional nutrition as well.
0: Do you do a telemedicine kind of thing for uh, individuals who are uh, trying to contact you remotely? from?
1: You know, I do not because what? I do some in-office in testing. I mm-hmm. do bioelectrical impedance testing, and mm-hmm. I do more of a, uh, you know, a physical nutrition, physical exam as well. Right. Um, so I, I prefer to see people in person right. now, of course, with the snow up here, if someone I've been seeing and they're like, ah, I can't get there, it's snowing, <laughs> then um, I'll do that. Yes.
0: Yeah. know and, and I, prefer I, to see I agree. I mean, that's the way I practice as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, initially people have to come in to physically uh, see me and I mm-hmm. totally get that. Um, but, um, great stuff. Well, thank Great. you so well, much. George, I look forward to seeing you in, uh, in New York for the IHS yes. conference and at the subsequent uh, American Nutrition Association newly launched uh, conference yes. in Chicago. And That's right. We'll put in a plug for ANA. Um, American Nutrition Association just got uh, launched, and George sure is one of the uh, key proponents of that new initiative. Great. I am,
1: yes. Support ANA. And um, if you want to find someone, if you're not in this area and you want to find someone that does integrative functional medicine and might be using SPMs, um, the, theana.org is the place to go.
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining us, Georgia.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure.
0: I'm Dr. Ronald Hodman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.